0: The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com.
1: You might feel like your workplace has done a lot to improve its diversity, but that doesn't automatically make it inclusive. So how do you make sure everyone feels like they're valued equally? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by RCN Capital Chief Marketing Officer and NMP Insider, Erica LaCentra. So Erica, thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me. And so... uh
1: your, your column this month, looking at sexism, misogyny and bias, you sort of use your 10 year anniversary to to look at the industry. And first, congratulations on, on being in the industry for 10 years. Thank you. But um, I guess just, you know, starting there, um, now that you have a, a decade of, of reflection, uh, and you've certainly found your, your voice in this industry, ha- have things improved over the decade? Uh, or is it still just as bad as it was when you got started?
0: I would say that it's definitely improved over the last decade. And I would um, probably link that to the fact that there are just more females in the industry or at least more prominent females in the industry now. Um, But, you know, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in our industry. And I think, you know, while we have come quite a long way since when I started 10 years ago, there, like I said, there's still a ton of work to be done throughout the mortgage industry.
1: And anytime we talk about, you know, we can, we can certainly get into some of the work that gets done, but I think you brought up, you know, more women are being hired, which is helping. But I think anytime we talk about this issue of DEI, naturally, it starts with, well, we need to hire from a more diverse pool of candidates, but talk to me about why that in and of itself doesn't solve the problem while getting more women into a workplace or, More people of color into a workplace doesn't automatically mean you've solved your problem with bias.
0: Exactly. Because I mean, while you can make those hiring decisions, there is still kind of this idea that pervades that in a lot of areas of the mortgage industry, it's still kind of like this boys' club where while you may have women or minorities in the organization, they're still not being given the appropriate opportunities. Or they're facing comments or actions that are still, you know, directed towards them. So, I mean, from that perspective, while it's great that the mortgage industry is becoming more diverse, there's still underlying issues that need to be addressed in terms of how people are treated, how people are being represented in a more um, on a broader scale, too, within the mortgage industry.
1: And and before we talk about how to solve that problem, I don't know, maybe if you can elaborate a little bit on, on what are some of the problems that persist? What are some of the things that uh, the mortgage industry needs to address to, to make your diverse workplace and inclusive workplace?
0: I think just recognizing the talent that exists within any number of people in the industry, it doesn't matter what gender or what race they are. But recognizing that, you know, people bring certain skill sets to the table and not necessarily overlooking someone because they are a certain gender or a certain race. I think one of the biggest things in the mortgage industry is that, you know, there's still the majority of people being profiled are going to be older white men. So giving a platform for more of those individuals to showcase the skill sets they have because there is a diverse amount of talent. In the mortgage industry, they just don't necessarily have the platform to be able to speak on.
1: And of course, some of that, uh, I don't know if you meant it this way or not, but some of that is obviously us in in the media and and finding those voices and 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 you know being proactive and highlighting them. But but you know, at a company, how can you also make sure that you're doing your part to highlight them so that these employees are seen and heard?
0: Having an open forum and being able to give folks a platform to be able to express their ideas and showcase the talents they bring, I think, is one of the biggest things. I think, you know, especially being a woman in the industry, having my ideas discounted for a very long time, whether that was because of my age or my gender, whatever, but just being able to have a platform for people to be able to present their ideas and have that ability to grow within the industry and not be overlooked because of certain factors, I think is a huge step. I think just having a more open lens when looking at the people that contribute to your company and allowing them to have those opportunities to, you know, use their voice and grow.
1: In your column, you also highlight, um, you know, sexism and scandals and and certainly going beyond just, Hey, not amplifying certain segments of the industry and continuing to have problematic behavior. Is that still pervasive? Is that something we still see even now that you've been in the industry for 10 years?
0: Unfortunately, yes. Um, so I would say that it has certainly gotten better over the years, but I do think that, you know, that kind of culture and that kind of behavior still kind of pervades, um, especially the event space, I would say, just because it's harder for folks to have the ability, I guess, to speak up or kind of identify the bad actors. Um, so I would say there's a lot more that needs to be done so that women feel more comfortable at work events or just don't have to be potentially concerned with that behavior being prevalent still.
1: And, and how do we get there? Do we need stiffer policies, uh, more accountability? How do we how do we get to that goal?
0: I think greater accountability would be a great way to to be able to handle that. I think you know having I guess, just even a point of contact at some of these events so that when these incidents do occur, um, the women or whoever feel comfortable being able to go to, whether it's the show organizer or their employers or the employer of the offender, like having actual action happen when these events occur or a certain investigative process to be able to feel like something is going to come out of this or there is going to be some sort of repercussions for people that exhibit this type of behavior where what i've seen over the past 10 years is it's kind of like it happens and what the heck are you supposed to do
1: and then just lastly as you said you know it, it has gotten better over your your 10 years and we now have more women like yourself who are who are speaking out about these issues and and certainly saying hey we have a place in this industry uh, and we deserve to be respected here. Uh, do you feel like we're close to getting to a goal where this is no longer an issue, or do we still have a lot of work to do?
0: Like I said, I think it's gotten significantly better over the last 10 years. And I think, you know, having more prominent women in the mortgage industry and minorities in the mortgage industry have really helped to make tremendous strides because the more you have these types of groups alongside kind of that traditional older white male role within the mortgage industry, it becomes more normalized. It becomes a case where, you know, you can't single out necessarily the minorities in the group anymore because that is just the makeup of the landscape now. So I think, you know, it's a natural progression where as women and minorities gain more prominence in the mortgage industry, things will continue to change for the better over time. I do think that, you know, we don't necessarily have a ton of work to do, but I do think we still have work to do. It's just kind of a natural progression, hopefully to that final point.
1: Yeah. And of course you can't always, you'll always have bad apples in any space, any industry, but you know, I think to your point, having a process in place where it's clear when lines are crossed that uh, there is accountability, Uh, People do feel safe coming forward.
0: Definitely. And I think that's the biggest thing, just having that kind of um, safety or knowing that people will be held accountable for their actions is huge.
1: Erica, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. You can read all of Erica's insights in the current issue of NMP Magazine, available now at nmpmag.com. We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines. The Originator Connect Network. The nation's largest producer of mortgage events is about fostering a community founded on professionalism, collaboration, and personal and professional growth, connecting you to the story of your success. Welcome back. Here's your headlines for today, February 1st. Judges continue to disagree on how to handle CFPB rulings while we wait for the Supreme Court to weigh in on the agency's budget. A Ninth Circuit judge last week threw out a 2017 ruling that Mortgage Servicer Nationwide Biweekly Administration had to pay the CFPB $8 million in penalties. That case stemmed from the CFPB's claims that nationwide deceive customers to get them to use the company's interest minimizer program. The Ninth Circuit judge is now ordering a lower court to revisit that case. And he pointed to two constitutional issues, including a Fifth Circuit ruling that Congress can't hand over budgetary power for the CFPB to the Federal Reserve. In other circuits, judges have taken a wait-and-see approach until the Supreme Court rules on the matter. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by TG Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Wolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by SkyGaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.